The following message was recorded at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. More information can be found online at Bethlehem.Church. The scripture text for today's sermon is 1 Peter 4, verses 7 through 11. That's 1 Peter 4, verses 7 through 11. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that, in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, may it be so. Right now, in and through me, and right now, in and through each one in this church. In all our ministry to one another, in all our serving one another in love, may it all be according to your strengthening grace, and may it all therefore be to the glory of your name. I pray this in Jesus' name now. Amen. I've been thinking about the word volunteer. <laughs> What's a volunteer? Volunteer is somebody who, who works for a cause or an organization uh, without being paid. A volunteer. You, you know what a volunteer is. And, and I went online for just a little quick survey of all the volunteer offerings that are out there online are being sought online around the Twin Cities. It's ubiquitous. First hit, volunteers for the Minnesota Vikings game and the Minnesota Twins game. Uh, Volunteers to tutor children or adults. Volunteers to recruit volunteers are needed. Uh, Volunteers to serve the homeless. Volunteers for the Red Cross. Uh, Blood drive volunteers. Tax assistant volunteers. Park and Rec volunteers, uh, Neighborhood Watch volunteers, volunteers for political campaigns, and on and on and on. And I have volunteered for some of those things. I, mean, I, have, I don't know how many years I coached baseball, and, and I have volunteered at the Twins games to pass out bobbleheads uh, to people as they come in, and, uh, and other things, and maybe you have too. And that's been good and a fitting expression of being a part of this community and, and, and part of our love for our neighbors. And yet, I thought about it. Here at Bethlehem, we've been using the word volunteer in the last few weeks uh, as we've called for people to serve our infants and our toddlers and teach our children and teens and, and serve one another on the security team and on the welcome team and on the, the communion team and uh, volunteers to help prepare uh, for meals or volunteers to help clean up after meals and, and all kinds of other things. In fact, now today we have in the main hall a ministry fair. And think of, you can think of this in at least two ways. One is make sure you take the walk to find out 
some of what's going on at Bethlehem. I, I was at a meeting with, with some people and I told them what was going on at Bethlehem and they said, oh, I didn't know. That's really good to know that we're doing this and that. Even if I can't do it, I'm glad as a church we're doing it. So take the walk, grab a pastry at the three-quarter mark and come around and um, see what we're doing. But also it's a, it's a chance to see where you might plug in, fit in, uh, join a group, join a Sunday school class, and or volunteer for a ministry in or outside the church. Now, thinking about the, the word volunteer, one of the dangers I realized in studying this text this last week is, although we use the word volunteer, I'm, I'm afraid that it might land on you and even me as something like the generic call for volunteers that I just read about online. And it's so much more than that in the church. It's so much more. And so my aim is to show you from this text that serving one another within the body of Christ is categorically different and massively more significant than generic volunteering in our life and in our, in our world. So, how? <laughs> how is ministry to one another in the church different? And I want to give you my answer from this text. I made a you could call it a Pauline sentence. It's got a few commas in it. Um, here it is. This is my answer to how volunteering in the church is different from volunteering generically anywhere else. Serving one another in the church is an expression of love done by the gifting of God to steward the grace of God by the power of God, for the glory of God, in all things through Jesus Christ. So there it is. I'll read it again. Serving one another in the church is an expression of love done by the gifting of God to steward the grace of God, by the power of God, for the glory of God, in it, uh, in all things through Jesus Christ. So my outline is just going to be to break up that sentence and walk through it. Clause number one. Serving one another in the church is an expression of love. Now Paul Delahunt talked about this last week as he focused our attention on, on love, being by, strengthened by grace to love. And, and really all this serving is an expression of that love as well. And though I want to focus on verses 10 and 11 in 1 Peter 4, I, I can't help but, but just notice the wider context in this letter, 1 Peter. So, just to get the wider context, Peter writes to a church, to the churches, in such a way that he makes clear that he says to believers, you are aliens and strangers in this world. You do not belong. You, you, it's like you have a green card 
here in this world. We are resident aliens here. We belong to another place. We have another kingdom that we belong to. And, and all our days here on this earth, we have this nagging sense that we don't quite fit here because we belong to another kingdom. We're out of sync with the world's passions and, and values. And, and so we live with this sense of being strangers here. And then also, he, he wants to, with that awareness, make sure that we live in hope. In hope of the other kingdom. In hope that God's going to get us there. He's going to preserve our faith. And he's going he's to welcome us into his heavenly kingdom. And that Jesus is coming soon. And, and he wants us to live in that. So there's that tension between living with this awareness that we don't belong here. Living with this awareness that we do belong someplace else. And, and that time is coming and Jesus is going to come for us. And then... Um, and then in, in, uh, in the text that we read, 1 Peter 4, 7, it begins with that as the wider context, the end of all things is near. And you might think, what is Peter going to say now with the nearness of the coming of Christ and the, and the fact that we're strangers and aliens here in this world and the fact that we are, we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, we're, we're these people belonging to God in another kingdom. What is he going to say? <laughs> And he says, um, the end of all things is at hand. Be self-controlled and uh, sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. It's very interesting. He, do, he doesn't say go attack the world. He, doesn't, he says, be self-controlled, be sober-minded for your, the sake of your prayers. I actually preached on that last January 23rd, and so I'm not going to spend any time on that. And then, and then the next thing he says, verse 8, Keep on loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. And he goes on to cite one way to love one another, hospitality. And, and, and then on to the, the text I want to focus on, 10 and 11, about serving one another. And, and so I just don't want to, I just have to underscore that this call to serve one another here in this church is clearly directly attached to this call to love keep on loving one another earnestly I, I just don't know if, if if how you think about i'm going to volunteer in the nursery meaning meaning i am going to love those parents of those children and i am going to love those children with the love of christ that's i'm going there to love just want to attach it to to the the call to love one another as I have loved you. And that's different, isn't it? Than adopt a highway volunteering. Or, I mean, I mean even if it is love, neighbor love. I love those little t-ball kids. And that little girl who was playing second base, and I had to tell her, you cannot look way out in center field when you're playing second base. You have to look toward the ball. I mean, I love doing that. And I love those kids. But it was different from the one another love that Christ calls us to show in the church. Galatians 6.10 is really helpful for me in sorting out, well, how do we love one another, and how do we love our neighbor, and what's the balance there? Galatians 6.10. 
So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and then underscore, especially to those of the household of faith. There it is. We are to have a, a, an especially love for one another in the church. And you know how I thought of it? I thought of it this way. Maybe you've been in moments like this in your, in your family life, home life, and I, I hope your family life isn't characterized by this, but imagine, you know, you're, you're talking in your home and I'm not giving you the words, but bickering. The, your phone rings. Hello, how pleasant. Oh, good to see you. You're good to hear. So glad that you called. So, <laughs> the church is not to be like that. But the love of God for us in Christ, the forgiveness of God to us in Christ, as we live together in love, extending the love of God to one another and the forgiveness of God to one another brings an authenticity to our love when we go to our neighbors and point them to Christ's love and forgiveness. There's, there's a continuity when love in the church is rich and healthy and real and we go love our neighbors out of that love from God shown to one another as we bring it to the world. That's point number one. Point number one. Serving one another in the church is an expression of love. Number two. Serving one another is done by the gifting of God. Verse 10. As each has received a gift, each each has received a gift or gifts. Not just some, each. And, and there's something beautiful about this because it, it's not qualified. It doesn't matter how old you are. Uh, as a believer, male or female, single, uh, married, student, graduate, um, widowed, formerly married, it, it's not qualified. Each, each one of you has received a gift or gifts. From God. And that little word as. As meaning, look, as God, as God has freely given you this gift, freely give it to others. Use it to serve others. Serving one another is done by the gifting of God. Well, then immediately your mind starts turning, okay, what gift has God given me? Or what gifts has God given me? And Peter does not go into a list here. He had, he's mentioned hospitality. He's going to mention speaking and serving. And we'll look at those in a minute. But he doesn't go into the lists like the Apostle Paul does in, in Romans and 1 Corinthians and Ephesians. And I'm not going to take the time to demonstrate this, but I'm going to say it. There is no master list of spiritual gifts in, in the New Testament. Like, you know, where is just the official list? There isn't one. 
And while there's overlaps in Paul's gifts, no one gift shows up on each of Paul's four lists. Isn't that interesting? And regarding this, I'm, I'm going to go to Wayne Grudem, an old professor, not an old, uh, a professor I used to have. I guess he probably is old now. Um, <laughs> Wayne Grudem sums it up really well, and uh, I don't think I can say it any more succinctly than this. He says, none of the lists are comprehensive. None of the spiritual gift lists. Each differs. While some gifts are mentioned in various lists, there is no one gift that appears on every list, and none of the lists captures all the gifts mentioned in the New Testament. In fact, Paul mentions two gifts that never show up on his lists. Marriage as a gift and celibacy as a gift. So back to 1 Peter. Peter simply says, each has received a gift. A gift. It doesn't say one gift. Uh, it, it just says a gift. It's indistinct. It could be many, but it's at least one. And that Peter doesn't specify, I think underscores his point. He highlights the fact that the gifting of God is varied. He's not even going to drill into some much. He's, he's going to say, God has given you a gift. Use it. Use it. Whatever it is, use it. And these gifts, you know, immediately I think, you know, there's no way that the pastors, elders, leadership of a church can manage that. Like, you know, I mean, like, everybody has a gift. Like, it just means... <laughs> by, by the mercy of God, the grace of God, he's given us each gifts to be turned out, turned loose among the body. And, and really, you could say, well, that sounds out of control. Well, it is. By the grace and gifting of God. It's point number two. Here's point number three. Serving one another in the church is to steward the grace of God is to steward the grace of God. Verse 10. As each has received a gift, now here it is, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Stewards are, are, are people who are entrusted with something valuable to take care of for someone else and to... to, to, to steward to, to, to use it as, as it was intended to be used. When someone gives us a gift, you know, think about this. Someone, someone gives you a gift for your birthday or for Christmas. Um, we presume it's for our own enjoyment, right? You know, I open a box of hiking shoes, and I don't think, you know, hey, I'll give these to my son. You know, they're no, like, this is for me. But not so with this gifting here. This is different Use it to serve one another. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, use it for the common good. I, I thought of it this way. Um, I remembered when Kathy and I were newly married, our parents gave us funds for an anniversary getaway. Our anniversary is in December, end of December. And the funds they gave us, you know, it, it wasn't to go to Hawaii. It was to go to Duluth. And uh, in December... Uh, 
But for the sake of illustration, let's say it was Hawaii. <laughs> and for the sake of illustration, let's say that you gave us this anniversary gift to go to Hawaii. Two plane tickets, two round trip plane tickets to Hawaii. Uh, all expenses paid two weeks at the, at the uh, Honolulu Hilton and uh, let's say upon receiving your gifts with much thankfulness, I didn't utilize your gift to enjoy as a couple, to celebrate our marriage or strengthen our relationship. But let's say I took your gift and I took two two-week two trips to Hawaii myself. I just wanted a little alone time. <laughs> bask on the beach. I've never been there, but uh, by myself. And the the intent of your gift would be voided. And the together joy and the strengthening of the relationship would be eliminated. In fact, there would be anything but joy when Kathy found out what I did. (laughs) Misusing the gift. Well, likewise, God is given you a gift or gifts. And oh, there is joy for you in the gift. Joy for you in being uh, enabled by God to serve others for the glory of his name in the gift. But if you take your gift and try to use it on yourself, it doesn't work. That's not what it's for. Like stewarding the gift means using it for the purpose for which it is given. So in a sense, it's yours. And in a sense, it's ours. It's the church's. It's ours together. I mean, I, I just find it amazing. You heard me in the last few weeks say this. I just find it amazing, you know, maybe because I I just so much live on the grace of God. I so much live on my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I so much live there. I just find it amazing that I can give grace to you and you can give grace to me as we steward this grace that God has given us, Stuart, we, we pass it on. I just find that amazing. And, and I feel f- sorry for people who cut themselves off from the church. Because they say, well, you know, Jesus is okay, but the church stinks. And I think, y- y- don't you know you're cutting yourself off from God's, one of God's means of grace to you explicitly here in this text? comes from other believers as they steward their gifts administering grace to you. Let's see. That was number three. Here's number four. Serving one another is done by the power of God. I'll read the sentence up to this point. Serving one another in the church is an expression of love done by the gifting of God to steward the grace of God by the power of God. Verse 11. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves 
by the strength that God supplies. You may think, why does verse 10 speak of each of us having gifts to deliver God's very grace, and yet verse 11 names only two kinds of serving? I mean, you get it? It's a uh, varied grace. Each of us has a gift. And then Peter only mentions two kinds of ministry in verse 11, speaking and serving. Why does he just name those two? And he's already mentioned hospitality above. Why does he, why does he focus in on these two? And some, this isn't going to sound good, um, so, some preacher people say, ah, he's just highlighting the ministry of preaching, <laughs> teaching. Whoever speaks, just highlight, and that's it's an important thing, but I, and it's important and stressed elsewhere, but I don't think that's the point here. I don't think that's the point here. Rather, the reason Peter is highlighting the ministry of speaking and serving is because those are all-encompassing words for how we minister to one another. Think about it. How do you? How do you love somebody else? How do you, how do you minister to them? Isn't it by spe- speaking words or serving deeds? I mean, if you can think of another way, <laughs> tell me after the, after the service. Um, we minister to one another by speaking, by words, and by acting in deeds. That's why I think he uses those two words, those two clauses. So Peter's point is... If you are using your gift in a manner that involves words, let it be as one who speaks the oracles of God. What are oracles? The sayings of God. In other words, may what you say accord with the Bible, the Word of God, and thereby it will give grace to those who hear and, and likewise, in, in the deeds, like if you're using your gift to, to serve one another in deeds, may it be in the strength that God supplies, in, in the power, in the enablement that he, he supplies. I mean, there's a lot of ways to think about this now. I thought, well, what, how does that empower, enable, enliven our our ministry to one another in word and deed. I, mean, I thought about this. You can probably think of other ways it might land on you. Um, what keeps me or you from serving one another with our words? Isn't it thoughts like this? Like, well, I'm afraid to say something. I, I can't do it. I don't know what to say. Um, I'll feel stupid. They won't receive it. I'm not good at words. See how this comes in now? Whoever speaks, let him speak, as it were, the oracles of God. Speak from God. That he would give grace and he would deliver his love. And 
and the church would be built up. Likewise, uh, what keeps you from serving uh, other people with deeds, actions? I'm too tired. Uh, I don't have enough time. I can't do that. I don't know how. I've never done that before. Uh, with hospitality, back a few verses, he said, do it without grumbling. You know, there's just, it's a pain in the neck to do hospitality. I can't afford it. And then comes in the promise, Who, whoever serves, may it be as one who serves in the strength that God supplies. God has strength for these expressions of love. God has words to, full, to fill out these, these communications of love to one another. It's the, it's the, the hope, the promise, the anticipation of being strengthened by grace that is in Christ Jesus that frees us and empowers us to love one another in word and in deed. God is going to help me do this. God is going to enable me to do this. God is going to give me words. God is going to give me strength. And, and this transforms our one another ministry into something much more awesome and glorious and spiritual than the word volunteering captures. It's not a burden. It's a joy. Because God is doing it in us and through us and for us as we enjoy his manifold graces together. So now, point number five. Let me take a run at it. Serving one another in the church is an expression of love done by the gifting of God to steward the grace of God by the power of God. And then point number five, serving one another is for the glory of God in Jesus Christ. You see it there in the second half of verse 11. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is, this is the fitting point to to end on, you think about it. When we as people who have been loved by God minister to one another in, in love, who's glorified? God is glorified as his love is shown through us. When we have been given a gift from God to bestow ministry on other people, who gets the glory? The giver of the gift. We don't boast. He gave me the gift to bless you. <laughs> Praise him. When God is delivering, delivering grace, this is that concept that just blows me away. When God is delivering grace through you to other people, who gets the glory? You don't. It's not my grace. It's his. He's glorified. And when God is empowering you to speak and to act, to serve one another in love, who gets the glory? God does, because he's the one supplying the, the grace-filled words and the power, the energy, the strength 
to serve. So there it is. Serving one another in the church is an expression of love done by the gifting of God to steward the grace of God by the power of God for the glory of God in it all through Jesus Christ. I I do want to say one more thing before we close. Um, You know, may God bless our one another ministry to to each other and uh, I'm so, I'm, I'm very happy with where we are right now as a church. I'm very happy with how God has brought us to where we are and the one another graces are flowing and, and just as an evidence of that, and, and there's, the way I think of it, there's an army of volunteers at work here. Week in and week out. Week out. And, and you hear about this need and that need, but don't think that there's not an army of volunteers holding things together and, and serving you and serving me week in and week out. Here's an update from Pastor Bud. Because this time of year, you know, we put up these calls for uh, ministry, volunteers to help with children's ministry. And Bud sent me these two texts in the last few days. I want you to hear them. Uh, he says, By God's amazing grace, this is last Sunday, and totally unexpected, Two gifts showed up. Two, two part-time positions were filled and one full-time position was filled. This is last Sunday. These were none other than expressions of God's power and goodness for us in Christ. We're closer than ever. You know, he's giving me the scoreboard and how we're doing on, on uh, fulfilling the family ministry uh, needs. And then uh, yesterday, 11.23 a.m., Bud writes this, you know, Pastor Bud is our pastor for, for parents and children, family ministry. He says, we are entering Sunday school this year with a healthy team and lots of grace. We still need one person in preschool 9 a.m. and one person in kindergarten 11 a.m. to meet our bare minimum in those two classes, but we have more parents serving in Sunday school than we have had for years. This is God's yes in Jesus' name to our prayers. Just want you to know that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, it is a... What's the right word? It's a joy, it's a privilege, it's an honor... It gives us meaning and purpose to be instruments of your grace for the glory of your name as we serve one another in love with the very gifts that you've given us in your strength and power. And so we pray, pour it on. Pour on more grace and more more love and more help and more guidance and more callings upon us as your people that... Christ Jesus would be more and more glorified in this church and in our world through us as you lavishly bestow your grace upon us through Christ Jesus. Thanks for your word. Thanks for this people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others. 
but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Bethlehem Baptist Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at Bethlehem.Church or write us at 720-13th Avenue South, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55415. Bethlehem Baptist Church, spreading a passion for the supremacy of God in all things, for the joy of all peoples, through Jesus Christ.